Psalm 131, a song of ascents of David. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord for this time forth and forevermore. Father, thank you for uh, this word. Thank you for your word, which is truth. We ask, Lord, that uh, as we meditate on this passage and as we prepare ourselves for um, your supper, we pray, Lord, that uh, you would bless each one of us as we return that blessing. Amen. So this is a fairly short psalm, uh, three verses in total. Uh, Charles Spurgeon called this psalm or he said of this psalm, he says, it's one of the shortest to read, but one of the longest to learn. And um, in in meditating on this, um, it's a true statement. And as we dig into this, I'm I'm sure you'll uh, agree with that. So Psalm 31, it's it's a psalm of triumph. But as we all know, God's triumph is not necessarily what the world defines as triumph, right? Instead of talking about power and wealth and fame and personal glory here, David is talking about humility and contentment and hope. And even though this is a, song, a psalm of ascent, it teaches us that the way up is actually down. Uh, Jared Longshore, and I don't know if any of you all know him, but um, he was a Reformed Baptist and become Presbyterian, so some of those in the audience know that path. Um, but he, was, he uh, was, was on his podcast earlier this week. He was speaking of a Puritan prayer, and he reminded me of it, where the, this Puritan pr- uh, prayer speaks of this as being a paradox. And in this, um, this podcast, it was called A Strategy for Dominion. And he reminded me of, of Joseph, who again was put into the pit, Then he went further down into the prison and then into the palace. And he told the story of uh, Jonathan in 1 Samuel 14 where he's climbing down through a valley in pursuit of the Philistines. He and his armor bearer, and they're going after the army of the Philistines. And he's down in the valley. And on his way going back up, he's being mocked by them. And he sees that as God saying, I'm going to give them into your hand. So he climbs up. And he vanquishes 20 of them within a half acre. And then, of course, for us, the humiliation of our Lord and Savior, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and then exaltation. James 4.10 says, humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So as we look at this passage and as we understand that practicing humility God's going to lift us up. We should be practicing humility, shouldn't we? Now, first, verse, uh, verse one, we're only going to look at verse one today. Uh, David says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too, profa- too profound for me. So, you know, one thing you might ask is, how can someone who is humble speak about humility, Right? It's a question. 
How do you speak about humility and still remain humble? Well, in this case, it really depends for David here on who is speaking to and what he is speaking of. Now, David is not boasting of his humility to others. He's not boasting of his humility to others. Rather, he is confessing his humility to God. You know, this whole psalm is about a sweet, gentle humility before the Lord. And he's engaged actively in humbling himself as he is praying to the Lord here. He begins, he says, Lord. So as he's beginning, he's telling us who he is addressing with this prayer. He says, Lord, and he's speaking to his God, his Lord, his creator, his sovereign God, the self-existing God, the covenant-keeping God. So humility begins with a focus on the Lord and who he is, and not on ourselves. Everything that follows in this, in this passage is based on the context of that word, Lord. He's directing it to the Lord. So after he proclaims who he is speaking to, he continues on in prayer. He says, my heart is not proud. Now, the word proud here um, is accurately translated high or lofty or tall. And David's reference to his heart is speaking of that inner person, the inner man, his desires, his ambition, his motivation. He says, my motivation, my desires are not lofty desires. I am not proud before the Lord. This is King David, okay? That's a remarkable thought that he is not ambitiously pursuing the kingdom. He is pursuing the Lord in humility and God is lifting him up. There's the right perspective here. You know, our pride is a barrier in, that relation, in our relationship with the Lord. Psalm 138.6 says, God is near the lowly, not the proud. Proverbs 18.12, pride is the fast way to destruction. Humility is the way to honor. Proverbs 16.5 warns us, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. So it starts here, with the heart. Do not be proud in your heart. Do not be proud in the inner man. Secondly, David says that he is not proud in his attitude, in his attitude excuse me, toward others. He says, nor my eyes lofty. Okay, this, this word lofty here is the same word that's used in uh, Isaiah 6.1 when Isaiah says, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. You know, there's a good lifting of our eyes, right? When we lift our eyes up to the Lord, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. But there's also a wrong lifting of our eyes. If we lift our eyes up only to look down, on people, and that's what David is speaking of here. He's saying, my eyes are not lifted up so that I look down on people. Proverbs 30, verse 13 says, those whose eyes are ever so haughty, whose glances 
are so disdainful. You know, haughty eyes are those that look in disdain at others. Haughty eyes are those that have elevated oneself so that we might look down at others. You can either look up to the Lord or you can look down on others, but you cannot do both. Psalm 101.5 says, whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. The one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. In Proverbs 6.17, a proud look and haughty eyes is the first of the seven abominations listed. So David here is saying, I do not have haughty eyes towards others. I do not look down upon others. I do not have pride of myself in relationship to others. One thing that I thought of in, in looking at this, since it is the same word, it's almost as if, if we have haughty eyes, if we have proud eyes, if we want to look down upon others, it's almost like we take the Isaiah 6, 1 passage and we say something like this, I saw myself seated on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of my own robe filled the temple. That's the consequence to seeing yourself high and lifted up and not the Lord. So if we're gonna practice humility, we must get rid of those haughty eyes. David's words here are, are instructive, and he says, again, do not have a proud heart, do not have a proud attitude towards others, and thirdly, he says, do not, you don't need to feel like you need to know everything. You don't need to understand it all. If we look at the last of that, uh, verse one, it says, neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Is David saying here that he's not pondering deep things? It's not what he's saying at all. He's giving us here instruction. You know, first of all, he says, again, he's concerned about the heart, he's concerned about the inner man. Then he's concerned about his eyes and where he's looking. And this third actually has the concept of walking. He says, I do not concern myself. Well, that, that word is the same as walk in. So it's, it's like his mind, what he's thinking, but also what he's doing. I do not concern myself with the great things. How do I walk in this life? How do I, uh, how do I live in this life not proud before the Lord? And he's saying that that's what he's doing. That he's not worried about the things he cannot know. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the secret things are of the Lord's. So he's not concerned with the secret things. He's concerned with what this has for us. He's meditating on God's word. He's knowing God's word. And as he knows God's word more, he can walk in, he can consider the things that he can know, and he's not going to worry about the things that he can't. He's not going to concern himself with the things that he cannot know. The word here that says things too marvelous is used a lot of times throughout the Psalms, and it's, it's speaking of God's wonderful and mighty deeds. We've, we've heard about those and as, as we read um, the liturgy, as uh, Keith prayed, those are, those are wonderful things, and, 
But, but we can't understand them all. We can't grasp them in fullness. We know that they are true, but it doesn't mean that we have to know every aspect of them. In other words, these things are just too high for us to understand completely. We cannot fully grasp them as we are finite beings. You know, David is, is basically declaring that he rightly understands the distinction between the creator and the creature himself. He's saying, I know my place now. I, I understand it. I, I, I do not occupy myself with these things that are too marvelous for me. He is declaring a humble recognition that God rules over all of creation, lovingly, wisely, and sovereignly. This is God is in charge, God is in control, and I don't need to concern myself with how he is running everything. I simply need to be humble before him and understand who he is, the truth that he is. Uh, Westminster Confession of Faith in chapter five says, God, the great creator of all things, upholds, directs, disposes, governs all creatures, actions and things from the greatest even to the least. He exercises this most wise and holy providence according to his infallible foreknowledge and the free and unchangeable counsel of his own will to the praise of the glory of his wisdom, power, justice, goodness, and mercy. That's a description of the God who is lovingly, wisely, sovereignly in charge that David is praying to and saying, he's got this. I don't need to concern myself with everything that God has. I simply need to be concerned with who he is and what his law says. You know, when God confronts Job at the end of his trial, Job is appropriately humbled. And he confesses, surely I spoke of things I do not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. Our knowledge is not like God's knowledge. So in summary, this passage is telling us, again, do not be proud of heart. Do not be proud in the inner person. Do not be proud towards others. And, and don't feel like we need to have a handle on it all and know it all. God is God, and that is exceedingly, abundantly more than enough at all times and in all places for us. We simply need to know who he is and what he has done. 1 Peter 5 tells us, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. I just wanted to read um, the first part. So in the Valley of Vision, the very first prayer doesn't have a number, but it is the prayer that actually gives the book its title. It says, Lord, high and holy, meek and lowly, thou hast brought me to the valley of vision, where I live in the depths, but see thee in the heights. Hemmed in by mountains of sin, I behold thy glory. Let me learn by paradox that the way down is the way up, that to be low is to be high, that the broken heart is the healed heart, the contrite spirit is the rejoicing spirit, that the repenting soul is the victorious soul, that to have nothing is to possess all, that to bear the cross 
is to wear the crown, that to give is to receive, that the valley is the place of vision. So as we come and we feast with our Lord, as we feast with him, come humbly, worshiping him, knowing that in due time, he will exalt you. Father, thank you that you have given us this truth. We just praise you, Lord, that you are faithful. Father, we don't need to be concerned about being victorious in this life, being successful in this life. Lord, all we need to be concerned with is who you are and that you are faithful. So I pray, Lord, that you would humble us, that you would bring us into a deeper relationship with you, Lord, as you continue to bring us low to raise us up. Amen.